Hello, and welcome to the She Flourishes podcast, a weekly soul-stirring conversation that lifts you out of the funk and into the flourishing life, so you can live life as the best version of you. I'm your host, Brenda Jasmine. For the past 11 years, I've been coaching women and leading personal development workshops as a speaker and mindset coach. She Flourishes is an extension of those workshops and conversations and is designed to help you create the flourishing life that you were meant to live. Let's get started. Hello, Anne-Marie, and welcome to the She Flourishes podcast. Thank you, Brenda. I am so honored to be here. Well, I'm thrilled to have you here today, and I can't wait to dive into our topic today because I think it's going to help so many, um, so many of our listeners. So I want to start by telling you a little bit about Anne Marie. Um, so Anne Marie is a professional organizer, and she is the co-owner of a business in New York City called Organize Me of New York. Organize Me of NY. And she is also the co-author of this book, um, this beautiful book called Beyond Tidy. And she's a co-author with Marie Limpert. And Marie is also your business partner, correct? She is. Yes. yes. Okay. And my friend. <laughs> and your friend. Um, yes. So this book is, so Beyond Tidy and the, the um, subtitle is Declutter Your Mind and Discover the Magic of Organized Living. And so I just love that. Um, she is also an AC an ACC credentialed mindset and resilience coach through the International Coaching Federation. And Anne-Marie also holds certifications, and this is what we have in common and how we mm-hmm. met, is through Applied Positive Psychology. So she has her um, certifications in positive psychology, um, positive psychology coaching, as well as resilience training. And um, she's also currently working on her master's degree in happiness studies um, with Dr. Talben Shahar, which is really exciting as well. So, so exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, um, and, and that's another, I think even another podcast for another day where we can yes. hear more about that. Um, yes. But I think the reason, um, what I really love about the work that you do in the world, Anne-Marie, and the reason I wanted to bring you on the podcast is because as you know, um, She Flourishes is all about using positive psychology principles to um, help women who are maybe feeling stuck or in a funk um, um, flourish in their lives and, or maybe women who are already flourishing to flourish even more. And I love what you do, the work you do in the world, because you not only use positive psychology, but you apply it to this whole field of organizing. And so I can, um, I just know that the work that you do is going to help so many people. So maybe we can start by saying, um, just talking about, like, first of all, I'm, I'm assuming this to be true that, um, you know, not being organized or having a lot of clutter, you know, can get in the way of flourishing. Is that, that's sort of, I think where we're, we're, we're just to dive right in. Is that, would you agree with that? Like, is that, is that something you believe to be true? I do. I do believe that to be true. And I believed it to be true even before I knew what positive psychology okay. was. I, I got my certification and became introduced to positive psychology in 2018, the beginning of 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Marie and I are, just celebrated our 15th anniversary in business. Yeah. 
So we've been doing this for a long time. And uh, but only five years have I really had the connection in terms of the language and the science that Mm -hmm. there actually is a connection between, you know, what is happening with our clients when they're living in a state of disorganization and the increases in positivity and well-being as they become more organized. It's a journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And just to see the positive ripple effect of that has been really fulfilling for us. Mm -hmm. To to be able to incorporate the two and integrate the two um, has been very rewarding uh, personally, and it has been just so much more to offer our clients when we're Mm -hmm. working with them. So we're really grateful for that. Yeah, it's amazing. Maybe can you give an example of what would be a positive psychology principle that that would relate to organizing? Just just to give an example. Um, I can give a couple that are all related. And a lot of it when we're starting, particularly with people who are in an extreme state of disorganization. There's a lot of negative emotion that accompanies that. It's And it's not just, um, oh, I'm embarrassed about my house looking the way it does or my office looking the way it does. Um, there definitely is that. But there's also very often um, shame and that's very deep-rooted, a feeling of I'm not good enough, a feeling of I can't, a feeling of I'm shuffling against the tide. There's a heaviness. Uh, Some of our clients, you know, uh, suffer from anxiety and depression. And there's a lot of like kind of negativity there. And as you know, as a positive psychology practitioner, when we are bogged down and only focused on the negative, we're we're very narrow in our thinking, right? Because negative emotions narrow, narrow us. And we don't always see the possibilities. Mm. And we sometimes get very low on hope and optimism because it just seems like no matter what we do, we can't get out of that cycle. Mm-hmm. And it's like when you have any very, very large task, it can seem overwhelming, mm-hmm. right? So in the beginning, when we are at that point, you know, we're going to bring positive psychology in just to share in a very digestible way, a little bit of the science and they don't need to take a deep dive into it. Mm -hmm. They just need to understand that the science exists. Mm. And so we'll just start out with, you know, basic neuroplasticity, (laughs) right? So for people that don't know what neuroplasticity is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You want to tell them? (laughs) No, you go ahead. (laughs) No, I mean, either way, neuroplasticity just means that you know, we are not fixed in our knowledge and learning. It doesn't like stop after a certain point and then that's it. You know, however, it's not like you have it or you don't. It's the brain can continually. And I think I think the science shows up to age 95, you can still be creating new neural pathways of learning and you can still create new habits and you can develop new skills. So it's not I either have it or I don't. It's you know, where am I now? And with dedicated practice and a sincere desire to learn, you can absolutely develop new skills. And the best thing about organizing, it's the same thing what we talk about with resilience. You know, it's teachable and it's learnable. And so that's the good news. So we ask, you know, we ask people to, you know, like you made the phone call to us. That means that there's a part of you that still has hope, right? Because if you really didn't believe it could change, Yes. 
But hope is the foundation of all change. That's another positive psychology principle. People who score higher on hope and optimism. We also talk about growth mindset, understanding, again, that, you know, your knowledge isn't fixed and that you can. So what can we learn and how to make maybe past challenges or failures, just to use that word in 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 in, in accurate context, as something that happened, not something that is, right? So it's not, I'm a failure at organizing. It's the stuff that I did in the past hasn't worked. What can right. I learn from that? Yes. And, 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 and where can we go from there? And it's also building upon what's already there because very often people are more organized than they think, mm. but they're so weighed down with the stuff that isn't working that they forget to celebrate the stuff that is. Mm. And we want to take you from where you are and we mm -hmm. want to think about where you want to be, but we're not going to do that big leap. We're going to just take you to the next step. And and how can, mm -hmm. so how can we break down this overwhelming state of disorganization into manageable steps forward? Mm -hmm. So and it's not that you like, you know, and I'm thinking of growth mindset, how, you know, we think, um, like a fixed mindset is you, you think you're either born with something or you're not, you're not right? right? So some people think that, right? That we have like an organizing gene or, or someone like, mm -hmm. oh, they were just born organized or I, you know, and I'm, I'm missing that or, but that's based on this mindset idea that, you know, so what you're saying is it's not that someone has it or they don't, they can learn how to Absolutely. And it's funny that you just use the term organizing gene, because that is exactly the analogy that we use. And that's what even one of our poll questions in one of our presentations, you know, one of the responses is I wasn't born with the organizing gene, you know, right, right. So, but that's but that's just, you know, and are people sometimes more naturally organized? Yes. But again, these are teachable and learnable skills. So if you're really at the point where you're ready to make a positive change, the only thing that could be getting in your way might just be your own mindset. Mm. And so we help people um, tap into their self-compassion mm. and tap into their inner strength as to what have I already accomplished? What what am I doing mm. that is good that we can build upon? Yeah. So it's not like everything you're doing is necessarily um, wrong or, you know, there's, so it's like, yeah, we're doing things already and we can, um, celebrate that and, and look at the strengths. And I love that you do that because it really looks at the whole person, but yes. you know, when I think about flourishing Emery, I think, you know, and, and you and I've had this conversation before that, you know, I love talking to like, I, I, you know, and this is not, this is more of a fixed mindset mentality that I feel like <laughs> you're better at this than I am. And well, you have learned the skills. I, this isn't something I, I don't feel this is something that comes as naturally to me, but that is a fixed mindset. So I need to work on that. But when I think about um, flourishing and when I think about this work, I, I feel like it can be really draining right? Mm. When like when we're looking around and we have a lot of clutter, um, I think what gets in the way for me is I look around and then it's like, oh, it's draining. And then I beat myself up. And then I think, oh, if I spent that time and, and the time, you know, when I do feel organized and I have done the things and put things in place, it, it, feel, it literally feels like this whole weight has been lifted. And I do look at the world differently. And I do have more energy for the things that I'm passionate about and my projects and my business. So 
Um, you know, I know one of the things you talk about in your book is clutter and the different types of clutter. And I really resonated with with some of that stuff. And I thought um, maybe it would be helpful to to share a little bit about, you know, the role clutter plays in in all of this. Yeah, and I, I like I like the fact that when we were writing the book, we had an opportunity to really look at our body of work and teaching and figure out the way in which we wanted to put it in writing. Because it's one thing when you're working with somebody and if they don't understand something you're saying in the moment, you can shift and maybe give a different example or talk about it in a different way. And you can find what resonates with them to help them understand that the concept you're trying to um, to put forth. But when you're writing a book and you realize that somebody across the world or across the country is going to read it, and if they don't understand it, you're not right there to dive in. It made us take a look at something that we had been doing for a, like a decade at that point and say, okay, if, we, if we're going to immortalize this, how do we want to say it, right? Yes. And so we didn't assume that people understood clutter because obviously if I talk about clutter, people understand they, they, they conjure up a picture in their mind of what clutter looks like. But when we had an opportunity to sit down with that beginner's mind and say, okay, well, what are we talking about here? And think about clutter, even, uh, even ourselves. It really sparked a beautiful conversation between Marie and me. And we kind of went back and forth on it and figured out how we wanted to talk about it. And it, we had some aha moments around it that we are now able to articulate differently. And so we came up with the way we kind of talk about it is three different categories or buckets of clutter. Um, and then there's like a lot of different individual types of clutter within the the categories. So the first is just, you know, clutter by type, right? Like what type of clutter is it? Is it paper clutter? Is it electronic clutter? Is it clothing clutter? Things like that. Like what is it we're talking about? That is the clutter. And then we talked about clutter by location because there's, you know, sometimes there's living room clutter or Toy, you know, toy, toy room, you know, playroom clutter and things like that. But that's different than type because you could have paper clutter in the bedroom. You could have toy clutter in the living room. So there's that. And then there was clutter by reason. And that's like the reason why we're holding on to certain things. So that's a, like a little bit different. And I'm going to touch upon that in a second. Um, a lot of times people think of that big pile of clutter and it's just stuff that's very messy. Mm -hmm. And often that comes from deferred decisions. And we always quote Andrew Mellon. He's a professional organizer who says clutter is a series of deferred decisions stacked on top of each other. And that's a beautiful metaphor when you think about it. When you look at a big pile of clutter that you're being debilitated by and you think of each little item in that pile as a decision you didn't make, either I decided not to have a home for that place or I decided not to put it back in its home, or I haven't decided if I'm even keeping it and it's still here. And when we think about it in terms of the, the decisions, it's a big pile of physical clutter and it's also a big pile of mental and emotional clutter. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I think when people think of clutter, that's what they think of, the messy stuff that you can see in front of you. Yes, it's true. What do you think that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, right away, if I say think of clutter, what are you thinking mm -hmm. of? You're thinking of the big mound, right? You're yes. thinking of the, the, the disorganization and the chaos and, and 
you know, your eye doesn't even know where to look. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the kind of thing. Um, and just as a side note, you know, to to your point of what you were saying about how sometimes how you feel in your space, if you feel when you feel disorganized versus when you feel organized, mm-hmm. studies show that just the very sight of clutter um increases anxiety and lowers productivity and creativity. Mm-hmm. Wow. So there is a just there the is sight a definite, of it. Just, just the sight, the sight of, it. of it. Wow. This thing to come out of us, it, it that's that's why our book is called Beyond Tidy, because it has such an impact far beyond what the eye can see. It's not about just how tidy it is. It's about all the different ways that either your disorganization or your organization is impacting mm-hmm. your communication, your productivity, your creativity, mm-hmm. your anxiety levels. You know, mm-hmm. and we know there's a mind-body connection. So when we have cortisol racing through our body constantly, that's mm-hmm. impacting us physically. Yes. And, you, you know, know, and I think about, you know, and I remember when we spoke offline, like before we had this conversation, you talked about how your environment can support you in your flourishing. Yes. And this whole idea of, yeah, beyond tidy, like sure it's tidy, um, but or you want it to be tidy, but beyond that, how does that support your well-being and your flourishing? And I think that's the part that we um that we forget about that it's we can create an environment that supports us. Yes. But often our environment doesn't. Or and, and think of I know a lot of people listening are moms too, some some people, and or or you don't always live alone. And it's supporting not just you and your dreams and goals, but the family and the relationships. So it does, it goes beyond tidy in so it many does. ways. There's it's, it a, does. it's much deeper, a much deeper topic than I think people realize. It is, and that's kind of what our mission has become is to because there's so many great organizers out there and uh, and our mission is all the same. Mm-hmm. We want you to feel great in your space and all mm-hmm. of that. But I think what we bring to the conversation that maybe hasn't been there in the past is that. And we really emphasize the idea um both in our teaching and in the book that we want you to be active creators of a home and a life that you love. We don't want your we don't want how you feel or or how you are um, to be dictated by like or as a byproduct of the chaos that's surrounding you, right? We want you to be active creators of a home and life you love. And very often people don't consider how organization can support that. So I love that you kind of honed into that part of our conversation because even if you're already, even if you're in a state of disorganization, kind of up-leveling that skill is going to make positive change in your life. But even if you're already organized, right, you can now take that foundation that you have and up-level it and then use it more intentionally. And that's when we talk about how can the organizing support you and the way in which you live. And so, yes, we're not just talking about, you know, how nice things look in your drawer. It's like, how does the systems in your drawers and in your cabinets and in your closets, how does it make your life easier, more efficient, save you time, money, energy, right? And how can that give you more of all of that to work on your goals and the things that you want to move forward on? How could it make your life easier so that you're happier, 
that you feel more joy, that you have more bandwidth to make better decisions and to be present, right? Because you're not constantly worried or constantly stressed out or constantly feeling bad. It's, it's like we have more mental resources to work with. And it, you know, simplifying the processes can give you more of that so that you can have, again, more intentional time with your family, more intentional time towards activities that you love. You can put more focus into your business. You can nurture your relationships. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think we had an example once when we were talking, I'm not sure if it was in the summit interview or just in one of our regular conversations where we were talking mm -hmm. about you entertaining. Yes. Yes. You know, <laughs> and all the time you spent kind of worrying about that. And it's like, well, how great would it be just mm -hmm. to spend all of that time and energy instead savoring and being in the moment and just, you know, mm -hmm. loving every moment of it. What if we could love getting ready in the morning mm -hmm. instead of Mm -hmm. getting through it <laughs> and you said that you said that I think in our conversation a recent conversation about it could be joyful getting dressed in the morning and yeah. with you know all your clothes and I thought oh like that's that is that's a vision to have so mm -hmm. if women are listening to this and they're thinking now like okay Emery like you've convinced me like I I realized that if I'm really going to flourish and reach my goals that I need to I need to look at this. I maybe need to look at the clutter in my life or I need to like, what can they do? Um, and, and I think you had, you were talking about the clutter by reason and how yes. like there were some of those that really resonated with me and maybe you want to share that. And, and mm -hmm. some of the, like, so what can we do? Like if we're sold on the idea of, okay, I need to, you know, look at this part of my life because I want it to support me and I want my environment to support me. What, what are some how can looking at this, these different types of clutter um, help us? And, well, and what do we, we do with that once we look at it? What do, now that we, once we know about it, what do we do? Right. Because so first we want to understand it conceptually and then we want, mm. we want to take action, right? Mm -hmm. So in being more intentional with, uh, you know, putting a focus on organizing and our space. Now, the first thing we're going to ask you to do is to take a look at your space and to really become familiar uh, with what's in it. And a lot of times we are not as aware as we think we are, and we think we don't have as much space as we do. Now, I'm not talking about somebody who truly has very limited closet space mm -hmm. or storage space, but in general, we have what we call prime real estate areas, no matter how big or small your house, apartment, room is. There are prime real estate areas, and these are the easily accessible areas located throughout the main spaces of your home, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. And we want those areas to be filled with things that we need and use often, right? We don't want them to be filled with stuff that we rarely use, things that are very seasonal, stuff that we're not using anymore. We want them to be filled with the stuff we're using all the time. And very often we'll come in you know, we'll do a consult or it'll be the first session that we're working with the client and they'll say, I just don't have enough space or I have too much stuff. I know I have too much stuff. And so we have to take a look and say, okay, which part or parts of that is true? And we help our clients kind of get a better handle on what the reality actually is. And very often when we look at their prime real estate areas, we find that it's 
being filled up with stuff that they no longer use, no longer wear, no longer like, no longer fit into. And for a variety of reasons, they have a very prominent place in their storage space. And then the stuff that they need to grab all the time seemingly has no home or no no place. And so it's on the counters and on the floor and on the chair and on the treadmill, <laughs> you know, all these different places. Yes. And mm-hmm. so, and then they're saying, I don't have enough room. And usually it's just that their their space isn't being used effectively. Mm, okay. So that's where clutter by reason comes in. So we agree with Andrew Mellon that clutter is can be a series of deferred decisions. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with this. So I'm I'm just gonna leave this here for now. We call this for now clutter. <laughs> I always say that. Let's I'm just gonna I, I, I I'm I'm guilty of that mm-hmm. for sure. I'm just gonna put it here yeah. for now because I don't want okay. to I don't, why do I do that? I do it because I'm in a hurry a lot of times. <sighs> mm-hmm. And that's I don't often know where it goes. It. And so, yeah, right. that is the deferred decision. I don't know where to put, I'll figure mm-hmm. it out later. So I'll put it here for now. Right. And then later doesn't come for some reason. And then, you know, what started out as one for now is now this big pot of clutter. What we don't agree with in that one quote is that it's nothing more than a series of deferred decision, the nothing more, because we believe that there's a category of clutter that we call clutter by reason. And there are very specific reasons why people are holding on to things. So it's not a deferred decision. They've made the decision to keep it. And these are the reasons why they've decided to keep it, even though it's not serving them, they're not using it, and it's being worn. So those categories include, um, let me think of the order of them, not that there's any particular order, uh, but I paid good money for it, right? That's a reason why people hold on to it. I paid good money for it. I'm not using it. It's taking up a lot of space. I don't like it. I don't, whatever, but I paid a lot of money for it. That's a big one. Um, But there's nothing wrong with it. It is very difficult to part with something that's perfectly good. And when you combine the two, if it's something that's still in perfect condition and you paid a lot of money for it, it's like a double. (laughs) Yes. Uh, We have for later clutter. You know, that's the stuff that, oh, you don't need this anymore. But you tell yourself that you will use it, a, a diff- you'll find a different purpose for it. Mm. You know, oh, this is still good, though. So I, I'll find some, I'll find some way to use this. Mm. I don't need it anymore. It doesn't really belong in this space. But but, uh, but I'm going to find another use for it. Um, and here's a big one, just in case. We call it just in case clutter. Yeah, I'm guilty of that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> I might need this. I might need this. Yeah. Three years from now, six years from now, 10 years from now, six yeah. months from now. I don't need it now, but I might need it. Right. Yes. Yes. I might need that one, one day. Um, aspirational. We talk about aspirational clutter. That's the clutter from all the activities, all the stuff you have from activities that you really thought you would do at one point or you used to do. But most of the time it's it's stuff because we're calling it aspirational. It's the stuff that you you bought it because you wanted to do it. I wanted to learn another language. I wanted to learn how to knit. You know, and you bought all instead of just kind of dabbling, you bought every possible accessory and every possible tool and book um that you might need. And now it's sitting in your house, but you're not engaging in the activities. Or it's that pile of books, the physical books, instead of borrowing it from the library or getting a digital title, you know, you have all, you bought all these books. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I now, love my books. Know. I have a hard time getting rid of books. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, we don't, we don't 
we're not asking you to get rid of any anything. You know, if you want to keep all of it, that's fine. What we are going to do though is we're going to come in and with a with an unbiased and a an non-judgmental lens and we're going to say you do have this space, this is your prime real estate, this is what we'd like to fill it with and let's have a conversation about why you might be holding on to some of this other stuff. Um and in talking about it, it might be stuff that they want to keep and we can still address where it needs to go in their home but we want them to start thinking uh differently about the space that they've been living in and so you know aspirational yes maybe you will get to it and maybe it is worth keeping but let's have a conversation about it um and then another one is super sale clutter you know people have a lot of items that they buy because it was a deal they couldn't refuse you know, so maybe they buy 20 of something because it's on sale when they only need one or two or they don't even need it. But it's like, oh, my God, I'm never going to see this price again. I should grab 20 of these or 10 of these or I should really buy that. I should buy this blouse because it was three hundred dollars and now it's only 20. You know, even if you don't love it, sometimes people will buy it just for the deal. And then it takes up residency <laughs> in the prime real estate. You know, and again, what we say about all of these, we're very, very um, clear. None of these categories and none of these items is clutter unless it takes away space from more needed, wanted, used things in your okay. home. Okay. Okay. So again, we're not saying don't keep something, you know, um, for later. Like if you can find a different use for it that will serve you in your home, of course, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. keep that. But we're going to challenge you on certain things because you're telling us that you don't want to live like this anymore. And right. so we're going to say, all right, if you think that you might need this, you may never need it, right? Mm -hmm. Or you might need it three years from now. So if you need it three years from now, what are you going to do? Is it, it Will it be easy enough to get? Will it be something you can borrow from something? Will it be reasonably mm -hmm. inexpensive if you did need it? And if so, then is it worth the real estate it's taking up mm -hmm. and taking away from the stuff that you're grabbing every single day? Mm -hmm. And I would add to that, is it also depleting your energy? Like, like it's that because if it's taking up that real estate, then you're not as efficient. And then again, your energy is being depleted and can't yeah. be spent on all those things that you want to be doing, right? Of course. Well, think about Think about how exhausting it is when you can't find something when you need mm -hmm. it. And that mm -hmm. is what the definition of organized is, according to Marie and me. You know, it's okay. not again how, you know, mm -hmm. people look at Pinterest and they're trying mm -hmm. so hard to achieve that. Yeah, so true. That they're not understanding that it has to be easy to, to find, locate, and access. And when mm -hmm. it is, then of course you have more energy and more stamina mm -hmm. and again mm -hmm. more willpower you're going to make better decisions you're going to be in a better mood and you're going to communicate differently mm -hmm. so it is it is sucking energy mm -hmm. versus serving people. you like what i'm hearing you say like when i think of that i think it's serving me then if it's in the place like i, I love that definition say that again organization is it's what was it knowing where things are being say organized being mm -hmm. organized is knowing what you have mm -hmm. and where to find it when you need it mm -hmm. easily, without stress, and without um, 
without causing you like 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 without causing an avalanche when you try mm-hmm. to access something. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I love that. And it is it's so different than that Pinterest view. Like, yeah. you know, the thinking of, oh, it has to look like Pinterest. It's more this speaks more to the um, yeah, the service of it or how it how it works how, in your life. How it supports you. And how it supports and you. Again, you, you know, you can use organizing to your advantage in any type of goal setting, whether mm. it's um, whether it's like, you know, for, for things that you're doing for your business or things you're doing in your personal life, even things that you're doing for your wellness. You know, we always use the example of, uh, healthy eating. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're going to try to eat healthier, we're going to want, we're going to talk about managing your space so that you're placing the healthiest foods at eye level, right in front of you in your main Mm -hmm. prime real estate Yes. areas yes. for your food, your your refrigerator and your pantry. So even though you may have these beautiful crisper drawers in your refrigerator, like if I'm revamping my eating and I put anything in the crisper drawers, that's where they're going to die. You know, mm-hmm. somebody else might be great with that, but it's like, mm-hmm. make it as easy as possible to get the stuff that you need to support this goal of healthy eating. Mm-hmm. So when you have a clear goal, a measurable goal, Right. And that we talk about goal setting. One of our principles is goal setting Mm. and other tools for your organizing toolbox. Mm -hmm. We want to set you up for success. So how can we use goal setting and strategizing Mm -hmm. to be more intentional with how we organize our Mm. space? I love that. And I I love that that's a great example with the wellness, you know, making sure that if that, yeah, if that's a goal is to eat healthy. Then your environment will support that goal. That's that's a beautiful example. And it can. And we have control over that. Like mm-hmm. we don't have control over so much in life. Mm-hmm. Right. But we do have control over our space and the things that go in it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. here's an opportunity again to be active creators mm-hmm. of a life that we love, even when there are things in that life that can't be controlled. Right. So What do we want to build and create? What do we want to achieve here? What do we want to improve? What Mm -hmm. do we want to do for our family? Right? Mm -hmm. I love that. And I could talk to you. There's so much. And this is why people need to need your book because (laughs) it's in there about, you know, the different principles about how you can um, discover the magic of organized living and go beyond tidy. And um, I would love to hear from you. I ask all my guests, what's one thing, and, and you may have already answered it, <laughs> but what's one thing that you believe women can do to help them? Um, what's one thing you would most recommend that women could do to flourish in their lives? As related to organizing or just well, in general? Thing is that it, either one, whatever you would like to to share on that front, it could be either. I, I first of all, in general, I would like particularly women to have more self-compassion, but honestly, because we are the doer of all things and you know, we're responsible for all things and we take care of everybody, right? And very often we're pouring from an empty cup. And to recognize that self-care is not a weakness and it's not a luxury. It is something that we should be engaging in. And Marie and I very, very much believe that developing organizing skills and paying attention to your space 
and investing time, either your own time to learn these skills or giving yourself permission to call a professional organizer for support and help and teaching, you know, that that is part of wellness and part of self-care. And when you learn these skills and when you invest in yourself to the degree that you're able, right, you are not just helping yourself, you're helping other people because you're going to be a better mother and you're going to be a better wife and spouse and child. I think I said parent already, friend, coworker, business builder, citizen, you know. And so it again, it has this positive ripple effect. And very often we get stuck in this negative mindset that we should be able to do this ourselves. We should be doing this better. And that we shouldn't have to ask for help or we shouldn't have to call in a professional. And I would invite people to let go of that mindset and to embrace a growth mindset that says, I, I, I am not good at this yet or I don't have all the skills yet, the power of yet, but I know that I can get there. And in this area, I need a little support. You know, because we would never tell somebody else that asking for help means they're weak, right? And we would never teach a child, you're a failure. You didn't get it right the first time, right? We we're so, we work so hard to teach our children that they can do anything. And we don't always put those, you know, those lessons to our, to our own life and to our own selves. And so, so I true. would invite them to revisit, you know, the essence of who they were as a child and say, would you, you know, you wouldn't speak to your child like that. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's talk about having a little bit more Mm self-compassion and saying, you know, you, you can do this. Mm -hmm. And, and that is that growth mindset. Like you can learn these skills. So if you're a person who's sitting there thinking, I'm not like, this isn't something I'm, and I'm, I'm using air quotes, naturally (laughs) good at, um, but it's it's not that it's it's the whole growth mindset is it's it's these are skills that can be learned and so if these aren't yes. skills you've learned then having someone help you who like as a coach someone who has those skills and then once you've learned them like you know you then you have that in your toolkit and and then your and your children can learn as well and other people in your family so it can, it can really support everyone and you do even though you're based in New York you do virtual um you do virtual? Do. Are you still doing virtual organizing as well? Okay. We are. Yeah, we do. Obviously, we do in person for anybody who's local. Uh, we are based on Long Island, New York. Um, so we will do surrounding areas uh, here. Um, but, you know, during the pandemic, we started offering virtual, virtual coaching, virtual organizing, virtual consults. Uh, and it is a slightly different type of service, but it has been so incredibly rewarding. And we can teach people one-on-one and we can consult, we can support them as they're doing the work physically in their own homes. Uh, We teach our principles because again, when you understand the principles, they are foundational and you can always return to them. You know, so even when life gets in the way, you can always return back to the basics. Um, And so we try to make the organizing process less overwhelming for people. And that's a lot of what the tips that we offer. A lot of what the principles do is it makes the challenges less overwhelming. And when you can understand, like some people are starting at the beginning and they really need to learn all of the principles. And some people have all of the principles down. It's just one or two that is really causing them to get stuck. Um, And so when we can hone in on that, then it's like, okay, so let's learn a little bit more about this. And all right, so if decision-making, right? One of our principles is decide what stays and what goes. 
And so once we've identified, what are the reasons why you're holding on to some of this just in case clutter and this, but I paid good money for it clutter, then we can have a conversation about that. And we could say, all right, so if you do need to let go of things, we understand how stressful that can be. So yes, how, and, like, and like, that what support tips? to yeah. help you to do that. Yeah. And empowering them with tools that they can use even when they're not with us. Yeah. Because once you learn it, you can apply it to any organizing project. Beautiful. So So if people want to, um, and I'm sure they will want to get connected with you, um, what are the best ways to to connect with you? Um, Either online, well, probably, I guess online, what would be your, the best way for people to get in touch with you? Well, definitely through our website, which is www.organizemeny.com. Please remember the NY because there are other organized me's and I'm sure that they're all lovely, but we want you to find us. So organizemeny.com. And we are also on Instagram and Facebook at organizemeny again. And we have a YouTube channel, Organize Me of New York, LLC. Right now that's searchable. Um, they're, they're rolling out uh, YouTube handles. So I hope that it will yes. also be Organize Me NY. Soon. Right. Good. So. And we'll put all of that in the show notes too. So people can actually click on those and, and access that information. Thank and you. you have, um, and if they want to access, I know you have a newsletter where you give people tips and are mm-hmm. you still doing that? If, if they want to access yes. that, how do they, was that through your website, Amory? Yeah. So if they go to any page on our website, so it, obviously if you just go to the landing page on our website, uh, a pop-up will come in. And if they subscribe to our newsletter, uh, we do a monthly newsletter mm-hmm. and we just talk about organizing tips and our presentation calendar because we offer free organizing presentations mm-hmm. so people can attend and get to know us um, and and any kind of promotions that we're doing. They will also receive for signing up, they'll receive chapter two of Beyond Tidy for free. Mm-hmm. And that is that chapter two is where do I begin? And that is a good one. Yes. And that's a perfect note to end on. So if you sign up for the newsletter, you get chapter two, where do I begin? Because if you've listened to this now and you're like, okay, I'm convinced I need to do this. Where do I begin? (laughs) Then go to their website Mm -hmm. and and get that chapter. And uh, and then um, we'll also have the link for how they can access your book as well, like the, or where they can buy. I guess it's, where can they access your book? It's on Amazon and Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Okay. um, And then, you know, Google Play and audiobooks, Audible. Okay. Wonderful. Depending on what type, it's it's an audio book as well, and it's it's it, it, they can get a Kindle version. So. Excellent. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Anne Marie, for being here today. It's been such a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the She Flourishes podcast. I hope this episode has inspired you to keep on creating the flourishing life you deserve. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend who would benefit from it. And remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you're listening. To learn more about how you can live a flourishing life, head over to brendajasmine.com or follow me on Instagram at underscore brendajasmine. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, keep on sharing your gifts with the world. See you soon.